welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. Today we're doing, for our topic, Personalities Part 2. We're going to be talking about Personalities Part 2. Eddie, give us a quick recap of what we covered in the first Personalities, as much as you remember. So, one of the main ideas of it was the four sides of the mind, which was the ego, the one you're mainly in. Then you have your unconscious, kind of where your, uh, where you go when you know you're sleeping, obviously when you're tired, and also where your responsibility lies. It's also your ideal person to be. Your subconscious then is the hardest state of mind to be inside of, and it's where you are when you become happy, and then. The deep, dark cave, of course, the superego. Now, if you haven't watched our previous episode, I highly suggest you go watch that where we dive deeper into that if that interests you. But today, I don't exactly know what we're going to talk about completely, but we are going to cover some different topics. So if you get lost at any point in this video, go back and watch episode one, Personalities. Fair enough, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to be overlapping some things. I... I'm, you know, an explainer. I, I like to explain things. And so whenever I talk about something, I'm probably going to explain it. So I think one of the first things we're going to talk about here is um, we're, we're make, we have a YouTube channel or we're starting to make a YouTube channel. And right now we're working on scripts. And Eddie's first script is Psychology of America, right? Yes. And within that subject is a lot to do with personality. So Eddie, of course, enjoys that very much so. Today, I think... So what do you? What about America makes it so special? Give us a little sneak peek into your first uh, YouTube video, Eddie. Well, first, talking about the brief history of America, and I think the start of America is one of the more interesting histories because of the fact that you know, obviously there's the War of American Independence, the Revolutionary War, and it it's interesting because America is kind of like born in blood and iron right we're fucking badasses exactly and that's basically the whole entire culture (laughs) sorry eddie eddie always talks with his hands so occasionally he'll just fucking abuse the mic he'll just beat up on the mic but you were saying it's interesting that that kind of like dwells into the culture of america because when we win the Revolutionary War, then we're kind of like, eh, we're badasses. Woo. Yeah, we beat Britain. Fuck Britain. Fuck tea. Fuck, fuck your accent. Oh, my God. That was just the worst British accent I've possibly ever given. Ever. Accent. That doesn't make sense. Anyways, I think it's funny because if you look at America from a standpoint, you realize that we kind of breed that culture with every day that we celebrate, like, the 4th of July. Other countries celebrate, you know, their independences and technically if you look at like history from around the world some independent movements are like way cooler <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> we're just true. being real uh but for some reason you know fourth of july is like one of the most celebrated you know days across the world yeah and exactly. so celebrating that day and that history kind of breeds this culture of yeah we're american because we're the fucking best american equals best and there's no other option that so, it has actually been given a, a term. Really? In sociology. What is it? 
I just made it up. I'm a psychologist. I'm someone giving my PhD in useless money maker. <laughs> it's called American exceptionalism. Okay. Yeah, and it's one of the core ideas of sociology in America is that not only when you learn about the history of America, because you learn it from fellow Americans being taught in school, we're kind of basically like, yeah, fuck Britain, uh, we're badasses, you know, like exactly what it is. And because it has been taught down in that certain perspective, we grow up thinking America is the best country, there is no other better country. Even if there are better countries, objectively, we still believe that we are the best country in the world. Because if you look... I hate to burst um, rednecks bubbles, but if we look at America statistically, right, and we take America as a whole and we kind of like break it down, we kind of see that America is number one in things that aren't really good. Like I think we're number one in incarceration rate per Definitely. capita. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like uh, most educated, um, we fall like third, fourth, fifth, and stuff like that. Like important categories. Yeah, our literacy rate is like high nineties. Right. But it's still not the highest. <laughs> There's other countries that are higher. So if you look at it, we have this idea that America's number one, but technically America's technically not number one in anything, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. Except for I think we have the highest GDP, right? Do we have the highest GDP? I think so. I don't know what GDP stands for, so gross domestic product. I don't think so. Wouldn't China have that? Maybe. I don't know. Um, okay. We're highest in obesity rate, though. So how do we see in personalities this idea of American exceptionalism in you know people, in everyday Americans? And why is it different per American, you know? Well, there's this idea of individualism and... So the higher in individualism you are, the more you stand out. In America, being in, well, North America, we're away from all the other countries. So the European Union, for example, they're low in individualism because they see themselves more as part of the EU. Like, obviously, Germans will be like, I am from Germany, but it's really no big deal if they go over to France. It's really no well, big deal. And if that's they... the thing. It, Germany in and of itself is not like a world. Well, technically, I'm not going to say Germany isn't a world power. But like together with the EU and the United Nations, it is a collective whole of Europe. They have this like deep down, you know, like you don't say, you hear Germany. You hear people from Germany like or any European country say I'm from Europe when they tell you where you're from. You have an American come over to Europe and they ask, where are you from? No American is going to say, I'm from North America. <laughs> yeah. They're going to say, I'm American. I'm from America, right? No, you know, some like Serbia. No one's going to be like, I'm Serbian. They're going to say, I'm from Europe. Where? Oh, Serbia, if you've heard of it, you know. And that's where we kind of bleed into that generalism of weirdness. And, yeah, weird. And, it's just weird. I think it's mostly because we're isolated from the rest of the world. 
we kind of have our own thing. There's not uh, like if you get to the southern border of the U.S., then Mex you know Mexican culture starts to bleed in. If you go up north, uh, I mean. Canada doesn't really have that much of culture, but there there are some things where like you just pissed off an entire country. Yeah, yeah, probably. Same. Well, I mean, Canada themselves, some of the people really just say we're we're kind of like a, a whole collection of cultures, you know. So I don't really think that that um, makes them angry. Hmm. But so how does how again how does like how do we see? Our, our personality is different for Americans versus Europeans. Yes. Oh, how does that differ? Well, America is mostly introverted. And that's going back to the idea of individualism. So we can have that on a scale of country to country, but also person to person. So a person who is high in individualism, they don't mind sticking out from the crowd. And you see a lot of individualism in Americans because that's just really the way that we're taught as capitalists. The more capitalist the society, the more individualistic it is. So the, so the more money you have, the better you are than everyone else? Not, not necessarily. <laughs> like, that's how I feel people think. Like, you know? Because capitalism is all about making money by yourself, then it's more like, you're taught to be on your own. But in more socialist countries, they're more there's more emphasis on like family, friends and having a group effort rather than being by yourself an individual effort like in America. We comrade, we together we are strong. Back to the homeland of Mother Russia. Yeah. Uh just that just that kind of stereotype right there kind of defines it. That running joke of like we in communism mm-hmm. versus I in capitalism. Individualism just exponentially grows, I feel like, as it goes on. Yeah, and so Americans, they're 60% introverted, which we kind of touched on in the last episode of Personalities. And it's not necessarily that surprising to me anymore thinking about it because of the fact that we are an individualistic capitalist country that teaches our uh, Americans to, you know, be individualistic. Okay, I'm a little confused because you said individualism is wanting to stand out from others, right? Yes. And America has high amounts of individualism. Mm-hmm. But if you look at like a definition of an introvert, they kind of don't want to stand out. So where does that correlate? I wouldn't exactly say that. I would say that introverts, they don't want to be part of the crowd, meaning that they do stand out. Huh. So I guess you're just taking uh, being introverted and you're looking at it through a different point of view? Yeah, different lens. I guess. That's a good way of saying it. I I don't get it, though. Like... For example, an extroverted person, because they talk to more people, they want to be more normal. Oh, now that you say it like that, that makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. And someone like me who grew up 
with like no friends, of course I'm going to be different from everybody else because I haven't had that those people to look onto of what is socially acceptable. Hmm. Making me introverted. Like you had more friends growing up than me, you're an extrovert. Okay. And so, you are much more quote unquote normal than I am. I'm normal. More normal than me. Yeah. <laughs> uh side note, Eddie used to go around in school and just say meow to people in the halls. <laughs> so that's your definition of normal. Yeah. That's Eddie's version of normal. So, so you you wanna go? No. I'm interrupting. No, no, you can go. Uh, I was good. I was just gonna say somewhat normal. <laughs> okay. Um but personalities. So we, we've now learned that there's a major difference for personalities in America versus the rest of the world. So mm-hmm. now that we're keened in on Americans, let's focus on something that's directly American. Uh, let's focus on politics. Politics. Politics oh. and personalities. Double PP. What <laughs> was probably the greatest mistake in American politics has been making it more of a show rather than actual politics. Okay. Explain. So what you'll notice that is really weird about American politics is that even people from other countries will look in on the presidential election. That's weird. We it is weird. We don't care about other presidential elections like that until they've already happened and then we've got to go kill a dictator or something. Well, uh, woohoo America. Well, yeah, that's the thing is that some people even care more about the American presidential election than they do about their own elections. That's true, especially uh I don't want to say puppet countries because that's a bit offensive saying your country is just like a puppet to America. But like um if you look at Japan and how much America influences Japan, you can see a direct correlation between the American stock market and the J- Japanese stock market. Mm-hmm. It's like a direct correlation. And sometimes American happenings have more of an effect on Japanese markets than like anything in J- Japan. Mm-hmm. You can actually see during like presidential races how uh, the Japanese market is influenced just like the American market during major presidential elections. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think the reason why has been because we've made politics fun to watch. Well, yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> it's reality I, TV and it's finest, baby. Let's get real for a minute. I think that's probably one of the, one of the bigger mistakes that we've had. And the reason why is because they're not really laughing with us. They're laughing, <laughs> laughing at, at us. us. Yeah, that's true. We're kind of a joke in European countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because we're already known for being like stupid. Like <laughs> hillbilly stupid. Yeah. Like you uh, have you seen those videos of, uh, you know, like the commentators going up to people on the street and it's like, can you point out where America is? <laughs> yeah. And then they like point to <laughs> like, Africa or something. Yeah. Uh, no, you mean Americans, right? Yeah, like they do that to Americans, mm-hmm. so they're like, "Oh my god, that's the funniest thing." Yeah, people don't know like basic geography, or they don't know uh, anything that's not American. Mm-hmm. That's funny. 
That's the funniest thing to watch. And so it's, we're already seen as stupid. And then on top of that, to have like an election where you, you turn it on and it's immediately like name calling and like, you know, it's just like a circus show. And it, that shows the relationship between different cultures is that you can look at uh, Russian people and stereotype them as, you know, the a drunk or something. You know? Yeah. V- vodka. Vodka in bears. Russian. And we, we the people, <laughs> you know. And then you can also stereotype uh, Americans as being like stupid morons. Who, and fat. You know, and fat, yeah, fat morons. Fat morons. Who That's are fair. Too, too much nationalism. Now, where I, you took this a really nice, good way, but I wanted to go, do certain personalities vote certain ways? And is there a trend? Is there yes. a correlation? Okay. Yes. So actually, in our school, mm-hmm. from what I have seen, the majority of personality types has been ESTP. Okay. Expand. Um, what does ESTP stand for? Extroverted, sensing, thinking, perceiving. It's the same personality type as Joe Rogan. Okay. And the reason why that's so weird is because it's not... I mean, it's a common personality type, but it it shouldn't be that common. Um, and they're very present in the moment. It's... Uh, they're... they're the most masculine personality type, for example, and uh, most likely to be in sports. Um, But I think the reason why inside of Wisconsin, like we live in upper Wisconsin, I think the reason why for us that is the most common personality type up here from what I have seen has been because of the way that we teach our kids to grow up and we put more emphasis on like this I, I mean we're definitely lean more republican here inside of our town and so from the way that you grow up there are certain characteristics to each person that make them lean more right and make them lean more left so someone who has introverted thinking, uh, someone who thinks for themselves and only cares really about what they think, they tend to lean more right. And the reason why is because uh, the right cares probably more about themselves, is more individualistic. And then people on the left, they care more about group effort. And so if you only care about what you think and what you think is best, I don't want to say you have no compassion, but the higher your level of introverted thinking, the more you care about what only what you think and not really what other people think, the more you have less empathy and sympathy and only care about like getting the most money having the most, you know, like becoming the best country at any cost. And that's where you start to see the divide between uh, Republicans and Republicans and Democrats. 
Yes. Okay. So Republicans tend to think more in terms of being the best at any cost, and Democrats are more helping the collective, right? Yeah. If we just break it down to a basis, I know there's a lot of layers to that, and that's a really broad way of thinking about it, but just for the simplicity for the people listening at home, that is it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. That's very interesting. So would you say that the way you were raised kind of predetermines whether you are Republican or Democrat? Which yes. seems explanatory, but if we dive that to a deeper level, it's not as explanatory as you might think. And it's very interesting because I know people who have been raised inside of a Republican household and are very Democrat-leaning. Right, and that's that's where it's odd. because Well, the reason why is because of their personality type that they get. And that's the odd thing, right? Because you can raise your kid, but you can't always influence the outcome. Yeah, You can influence it to an extent, Mm -hmm. but the outside world fills in the blanks for you. Kind of like Mad Lips, you know? And so the person who I was talking about, she's very high in introverted feeling, which is basically just asking yourself, how does this make me feel? cares more about how she feels rather than how other people feel. And so there are outside factors that can affect that other than your household that you live in. So if she just lived inside of that controlled environment, she definitely would have been Republican. But because she goes to an outside environment, like school, for example, she is then influenced by people inside of school. And so that makes it so that she is able to pick and choose what she feels. So at an early, what age are personalities like concrete developed? I don't think we talked about this in the last episode. Uh, I mean, in, in personalities part one. What age are personalities truly made? It, it depends on the person, but around one to two years old really that young very young one to two years old and you can already see the difference between like an intp and entj Mm -hmm. that's crazy why you at at a one and one at one and two years old you can't even cognitively think for yourself well you can't even extrovertly think about others at one and two years old there are certain things that make it so that you you pretty much, your mind has to choose these things. And there are these things called cognitive accesses. And they determine your personality type. So, for instance, if you are logical, then you will be ethical. And what that means is that if you think for yourself, you will feel through others. You cannot feel for yourself. If you think for yourself. You cannot feel for yourself if you think for yourself. Yes. So you feel for yourself. Therefore, you can't think for yourself. Oh, I can't do internal thinking because I'm too busy feeling bad about myself. Not necessarily feeling bad for yourself, but you can't have both introverted thinking and introverted feeling. Okay. You can't do both at the same time. 
which is interesting, but it it means that if you if you develop one thing, you develop another thing as well. So for me, I developed introverted thinking. That was my first function that I developed as a kid. That means immediately I did not feel for myself anymore. I only felt through others. So so why is it you just said that the options are chosen from like because we you you would you would think a one year two year old right mm-hmm. would only be influenced from their parents but you said there's outside factors that they can't control the outside world like school yes is school a bad example then because at one to two years old you're not going to school no no what I meant was that her opinions and preferences were based on school and home so she already had her personality type ENFP realized. And so her opinions and her her thought process and all those things, those were determined there on out. And so that means that going into life, she probably isn't uh, concerned with politics, obviously, at, at, at like five. And so by the time that she starts getting interested in those things, that's where she chooses. Okay, so you can kind of tell. So at one to two years old, your personality is set, but your opinions aren't. Yes. Unless you're high in extroverted thinking or extroverted feeling. And the reason why is because those types of people are more about collective rather than themselves. So for you, you are very high in extroverted thinking. Yeah. And so you base your opinions off of what other people think. And so if someone who you view as like you view as a role model says that you know, they have an opinion about something, then you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, I'll have that opinion too. So I kind of I kind of steal others' ideas. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a sense, I steal ideas and kind of make them into my own. Mm-hmm. I get the general consensus of around me and mold it into something that's weird. Mm-hmm. And then what I do, because I'm high in introverted thinking, that I instead go based off of what I think and I don't really care as much about what other people think. Do you think in a world where we didn't have such polar opposite opinions like Democrat? How okay? How would picture a world with me? Okay? okay, we're imagining a world where we don't have a party system. We vote based on characters. Well, we still have the kind of problems with America's personalities that we have today with you know polar opposites. Because a lot of people, there's there's a, there's a larger group of people that say we should get rid of the two-party system because it's stupid. <laughs> there's no point in having a two-party system because it just it creates divide in America. Do you think no matter what we did, we'd still have that divide in America based on our personalities? I don't think that we would have that divide. And really? it, go, it goes back to what I was saying before about how making poli- American politics a circus show has been one of the greatest mistakes in America 
And the way that that traces back to it is that we get enjoyment out of watching the two political parties go against each other. We truly do. I think it's just, uh, you know how we talked about a sense of like American um, idealism. What was it called? What was the word? American exceptionalism. I feel like we have that same, there's the same word for politics. We take pride. Oh, excuse me. I just almost threw up. Uh, we, <laughs> we take pride in uh, this kind of collective of being part of a Democrat or Republican party. Exactly. And then because you see up on stage these politicians just shitting on the other side. Then <laughs> shitting like a basketball game, like a slam dunk, just shitting on them. I can <laughs> shit on right now. Continue. I thought it was a funny word, funny word choice. And so if you're Republican, you're going to be like, oh, those libtards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and you know, like it's, it's that divide only because of how much we enjoy that divide. Do we truly enjoy the divide? I don't enjoy the divide. I hate politics. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't either. But if you go to... You and I are both independents, so I, it doesn't matter as much for us. But my you mean, father... You mean we're pussies, <laughs> as yeah. the as uh, anyone who's a Democrat or Republican likes to constantly remind us. Oh, you're a centrist? Ooh. Oh, ooh. <laughs> you believe in, you believe in uh, looking at the person's personality rather than their political party? Ugh. Pussy. <laughs> Major pussy alert right here. We got him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But my, my dad, for example, he's very liberal, very hard Democrat. And so he looks at Republicans just like, oh, they're so dumb, you know, like, And then on the other side, uh, I know a bunch of people who are like, Trump, 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 you know, like, you know, all the people My mom and dad are both heavy Republicans. Yeah, exactly. This whole area is heavy Republican. And so they view Democrats as being stupid. Yeah. And so their thought process is, yeah, the divide isn't great, but they are the ones who are making it bad, not us. And then it's probably the same on the other side. Exactly. So we, we constantly see this division growing every year, probably. Exactly. And there's nothing being done about it. Because... Well, what can you do? What truly can you do to solve a division that's been already set in stone for 150 years? And don't just say demolish the two-party system, because it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You can't just demolish the two-party system. I, I'm I'm a third party member and i can even agree that that's unreasonable and never gonna happen i think it's sort of reverse engineering it looking at how this has built up over time and then creating a solution based off of that to reverse it i how would you go about that though that would take years it would it would take forever but you know influencing millions upon hundreds of millions of people is going to take years you cannot just over the span of weeks be like okay you guys gotta stop hating each other it's of course it's gonna take years maybe even decades but at least there's going to be some progress on it getting done but can you really look at yourself in the face and and say 
there's such a minute group of people in America with that personality type that, you know, doesn't like either party and and thinks that we should get rid of that. How many years is that going to take to cultivate and develop? And meanwhile, the party's hate for each other only grows with every year that goes by. I feel like it would take just a good decade to be able to set that all in motion. And the reason why is... Uh, okay, so... <laughs> before Okay, before we get into this, remember the, do you remember the topic of this episode? Yeah. It's personalities. Personalities. So we, can, we have two options here. It's a road, it's a split path. We can go back to personalities, right, and leave politics where it is right now and save it for another episode, or we can expand on politics. I just want to get one thing out, and then we go back to personalities. Okay, one thing. I'm giving you one thing. Go. Okay. We need someone as charismatic as Hitler. What? <laughs> what the fuck did uh, you oh, just say? Okay. Yo, yo, okay. I don't know this man. I have no idea what, <laughs> what no, did no, you no. just Th- say. This isn't what a bad you... thing. No, 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 no. That, that's You can't say that. No, no, we need no. someone as charismatic. You that's can't... the only... <laughs> no, dude, you realize what you're saying. Do you realize what you're saying? What he was able to do while he was a horrible, disgusting man, he was able to get all of Germany behind him on his stupid, dumb idea, right? That's something that nobody inside of politics right now could possibly do. And the reason why is because they don't have that charisma to reach out towards people. They can't give the kind of debates. They can't give the kind of speeches that he could. And so anybody who has good moral ideas and is able to come up onto stage and be able to convince hundreds of millions of people to be able to get behind one idea, that's the kind of person that we need. And I'm not saying we don't need some. What was Hitler's one idea, Eddie? That's not what I'm focusing on. <laughs> to, get behind, to get behind one idea. What was Hitler's one idea? Just say it. Just say it. Well, I mean, what his true one idea was was world domination. Exactly. But that'd be that'd be a fire YouTube video. How how America needs the next Hitler. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> that'd be a, true. That'd be that'd be next level clickbait. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. But, okay, that's it. That's what you want to get off your chest. Well, I, I at least wanted to elaborate a little bit more into oh, that. So you don't seem like you hate Jews. Continue. <laughs> anyway. If we have someone as charismatic as that to be able to convince hundreds of millions of people to get behind one idea, especially if that one idea is independence and it's having good character and goodwill going into it, then that would be, I think they would probably have two terms, right? Because everybody would just love that. Everyone would look at them as like this independent person who like knows everything and they can get behind. They would actually probably vote independent at that point. And then they would serve two terms, which is eight years. And then they would change America after that because two two terms of an independent president, they would look back at... They might just break the political party system. Exactly, because you would go back to, after those two terms, now you have to vote again. 
And if you have these debates of, oh, you're an idiot, blah, 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 all this, all that about the the divide of Democrat and Republican, they're going to look at it and be like, this is stupid. This is dumb. You know? Like, before we enjoyed this, but like, now we have seen how good it is to... Work together? Yeah, to work together. And so... I think all we need is one good president, one genuinely great, amazing president to get into that other side. Okay, so now we've looked at um, personalities of America. We've looked at personalities of the political party system, the three Ps. Uh, Is there anything else we should cover with personalities in a broader scale, just a broad scale? Do you have anything? I mean, on the on the broad scale, I'd say like worldwide, that would be interesting. Because sure. we talked about that before in the first episode. That was pretty much like, that was literally all worldwide scale. Well, yeah. Just how do personalities affect every human? If you yeah. take a blank human and how does that uh, add on? Hmm. And and so I, I kind of want to dwell more into cognitive accesses. Because okay. What is that? Be more descriptive, please, for the simple-minded monkey that's sitting next to you or across the tiny room. Also, side note, do you smell dinner? Do you smell it? It smells so fucking good. I do. My mom's making dinner, and it just smells heavenly. I don't know what else to say. I just had to get it off my chest. So, what? wait, what did you say? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the smell of whatever is cooking up there. Just you were definitely a saliv- simple-minded monkey. Salivated my senses, and I lost my, my monkey brain lost track. What did you say? Okay, cognitive axes. Cognitive axes. Is that, okay. how many S's is there? Axes? There, there's only one. Axis is, oh wait, two. two. <laughs> All right, be careful who you call a simple-minded monkey fool. <laughs> but okay, what is that? What is that? So it was what I was talking about before, how if you're logical, then you are ethical. So if you think for yourself, you cannot feel for yourself. You feel through others. On the other side, if you think through others, you will feel for yourself. And there are other cognitive accesses besides just thinking and feeling. Boning and sex? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm kidding. Uh, So the next one is intuition and sensing. So these two, these are things that correlate directly with each other. If you have one thing, you can have the other, but you can't have both. Exactly. Wait, that doesn't make sense because I just said you can have both. By having one thing, you have the other. By having one thing, you cannot have the other thing. Even though they're the same. Okay. All right, here we go. You ready? This is my monkey brain working at full capacity. I'm about to burn out that last fucking brain cell like there's nothing left. Okay. So you, (laughs) so introverted. You can be introverted, but you cannot be introverted thinking and feeling. You get to choose. Yes. Okay. Oh, God. All right. I need to take a breath now and let you handle this for the next five minutes. And I should probably elaborate more on the introverted and extroverted things. So if it's an introverted function, that means you look more inwards. If it's an extroverted function, you look more outwards. Sure. And so 
with every introverted function, you will pick an extroverted function to go along with that, vice versa. So for instance, introverted thinking goes with extroverted feeling. It's kind of like when you're kicking, picking kickball teams at the playground schoolyard, you know, your brain kind of gets to pick one half and then, you know, the next best person gets to pick the other best person kind of in a way, in a really monkey way. And so me being an introvert, that means my first, my main function is introverted. You being an extrovert, your first and main function is extroverted. Right. And so mine is introverted thinking. Yours is extroverted thinking. You and I have all the same spots inside of our um, inside of our mind are the same, just switching off of introverted and extroverted. That's an interesting way to process that. Yeah. So we kind of switch off every other one because mm-hmm. we're we're not are we we're not polar opposites. What are we? We're kind of polar opposites because oh, wait wait no no you, this is a better way of uh, episode one we referred to it as a shadow you're my shadow i'm your shadow yes that's not opposite it's just the complete reflection yeah in a way yeah kind of We're, i'm trying really hard here to understand this he can process this shit in his mind no problem but uh you know i cannot so you and i both think all the time we're just thinking that's what we do best Except I think inwards, you think outwards, right? And so then we also have the same sort of differences, but in different ways. So we both worry about feelings, emotions. We don't want to deal with emotions. But mine is extroverted feeling. Yours is introverted feeling. So I worry about other people's emotions. You worry about your own emotions, do you hate emotions as much as I do? Yeah, they suck. They do suck. Yeah. I wish I didn't have emotions, feelings of existential dread, and just hating myself so much on a constant scale. Exactly. And then I uh, can't really deal with other people's emotions, like, at all. And I worry about other people, like, all the time. He's worried about how much I hate him. At this moment. Yep. God, I hate him so much. Oh, shit, I didn't mute my mic. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, Eddie, you're great in every way. Thanks, bestie. No problem, bestie. Oh, my God, sister. Are we, can we be BFFs forever? Yeah. Can you hold my hand a little bit? Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, back on track. <clears throat> what were we talking about? So the next axis. Next after, axis. After and why, think- what are axes? Axes. Oh, wait. We talked about. Okay, never mind, never mind. Sorry. So after thinking and feeling is intuition and sensing. There's only only two axes. And so what these are, intuition, your inter... Sorry. Your intuitive functions go based off of your wants the future, and also people's intentions. Hmm. So are all those three grouped together as one thing? Yes, that is inside of your intuitive function. Okay. So for you, 
you are high in introverted intuition. Ooh. Meaning that instead of thinking more on other people's intentions, you think about your own intentions. Instead of thinking about other people's futures, you think about your future all the time. Yeah, I tend to do that. You also are more likely to think about the most likely future rather than all the different possible futures. Yeah, I think about ooh, I think about my goals, right, mm-hmm. where I want to be, but I also think about like where I'm most likely going to be, which I don't want to be there, but it's where I think about mm-hmm. what's going to get me an entry-level job just to be able to sustain myself and move out of the house and be a normal human functioning society, whatever. Really, my goal is to be, you know, huh? do I want to toot my own horn here? You want to know my goals? Sure. I want to be fucking... Well, you said I think about one future, right? Yes. So you, at first, you will think about all the different possible futures, but very quickly... What your mind wants to do is just narrow things down. It wants to find simple, simple one thing, grab it, hold on to it for like ever. I want to be the person who just everyone looks up to in life. I want to be that cool person who can live their lives as free as possible and not be afflicted by the world around it. I want to be so financially free that there is nothing that I cannot do. I do not want to, I want to be able to say no for the right reason. I want to say no, that is a bad financial decision that will get me nothing and I will just waste money doing it. I don't want to say no flat out because I don't have the money for that. That's why I don't want to say no. Mm -hmm. So if that means, I don't know what that means for me. If that means I'm sitting in a um, two bedroom apartment, uh, living comfortable, getting to travel the world, fine. If that means I get to live in a multi-million dollar mansion in um, um, out west in a isolated wild, like in Wyoming, where no one can bother me, and I have all the fun toys that I have to myself. Sure, that's what that means. Either way, I picture a world where I am the best financial version of myself. And maybe that's bold. Maybe that's too much confidence. But you can always shoot below your goals. Um. But your goals should always be high. And my goals scare me, right? And mm-hmm. they should scare you because if your goals don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. Is that not inaccurate? Think about it. Well, there are some people in this world who are fine with being average. I hate that. You can be fine with being average, but I don't want to be average. I want to mm-hmm. be better than average. I want to be above above average. <laughs> I want to be the kind of person who just is great. <laughs> and that's kind of going into these cognitive accesses. Right. So your the cognitive access that we're talking about right now is intuition and sensing. Intuition is more thinking about the future. Sensing is being very present and in the moment or it's being about the past so people who are high in sensing and low in intuition means that they think more about right now and the past being what is kind of people all right with these axes axes can you i I want you 
besides being my friend, I want you to, knowing my personality type, I want you to describe me as a human with the axes that you've gone over so far. And I want to tell you if you're wrong or right. Okay. Knowing me, as far as I know to my own self-knowledge, how right you are. Maybe I'm wrong, but you tell me what the kind of person I am. Okay. So your first function, extroverted thinking. It means that, well, one, you always want to know what other people are thinking. And so going into every interaction with a human, you'll think, okay, what are they thinking? You'll go based off of, like, the whole conversation will be kind of centered around them, but at the same time, you'll be giving what you think along with that. It's extroverted thinking is also about effectiveness. So you want to get things done fast. You want to get things done effectively. And to you, it it doesn't make much sense to be not effective. God, are you right? Fuck, I hate how right you are. I do that all the time. I will talk to a person and I will read them. So I will analyze the situation, you Mm -hmm. know, their mood. Um, should I be happy, joyful? What can I do to bring up their mood? Um, I, I look at where they are right now and then I say to myself, okay, I've now can realize this person's happy, sad, whatever, drunk, high. It doesn't matter. What can I do now to make this the most enjoyable experience for them? Mm-hmm. Tell a joke, sympathy, provide you know, empathy, have a meaningful discussion, have a thoughtful discussion. I do that all the time and that is right. Second part. What was the second part? You talked about how... Oh, efficiency. Yeah, efficiency. effectiveness. Effectiveness. I, fuck, I cannot... Why are people not efficient? What's the point to not be efficient? Like, it's so inferior. It's unbelievably infuriating to me when people just aren't efficient. There's no point to not be efficient. Exactly. And that's all about extroverted can, thinking. Can you think of a reason not be efficient? I'm just, I, I dumbfounded. That dumb. That's one of the things in life that just drive me crazy. Some people just don't really care, and why don't you care? Not you, but why the person that's listening that doesn't care about efficiency? Why don't you care about being efficient? Like for example, your girlfriend Ashlyn. So her lowest awareness function is your function, your main function, extroverted thinking, and so she's not effective at all. No, She's not? No effectiveness. And she doesn't really think about the most effective way to do it. She just does it? Yeah, she does. She just does it. All right, I'm going to call her right now and tell her we're breaking up. <laughs> One minute. Do you think I'm joking? Oh, I mean, maybe. And, oh. You thought I was joking? If she's not efficient, I don't want her in my life. Hey, Ashlyn, what's up? Hey, uh, what? would you say you're efficient? No, I'm a very much a procrastinator. Why? I don't know if we can be together anymore. What? What? Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. If you're not efficient, I can't do this anymore. That's cute. I'm not joking. That's it. Done. You just hung up on her? Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be, like, calling you in, like, a minute. <laughs> Guaranteed. I don't, I don't know if you do that on the on a regular basis. <laughs> she like, seemed really casual about it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. She seemed asleep, too. 
Yeah. She just seemed like she was sleeping. Anyways. So she doesn't think about effectiveness as much. And so it takes more mental energy for her to think about effectiveness. And so therefore it's easier for her mentally to not be efficient. Yes. And it makes her happier. What a fucking horrible way to live. Imagine, well, I can't imagine you, living. You base your entire life around it. So, <laughs> no, for, that would be, why would it make you happy to not be like the most effective, efficient thing you could possibly do? Why well, would that make you happy? Because just, it, it's more time consuming. It, I don't, I, you can explain it to me a million times. I won't understand it. Yeah, that's true. You base your entire life around it. Therefore, you, you can't think of any other way. What's and the best way to pick up all my friends? What's the best way to um, organize a party? How can I be the most efficient uh, when cleaning the house? You know, I should start with this so I can get those things done faster and do more things in life. Efficiency. It's just, mm-hmm. it's the golden word. I love it. It's just music to my ears. You know? So your next function is introverted intuition, meaning that you think about your own intentions your own futures, the most likely future as well, and what you want. And so how this kind of develops, your second function, it's basically the filter that your mind puts everything through. Meaning that everything that you experience, everything that you think of, everything goes through introverted intuition. So that means you think of, is this what I want? Yes. Do I have the intent to do this? Should I do this? Uh, Will this be good for my future? If not, I will not do it. And everything is based off of your own intentions, your own wants. And if it does not align with those things, you will not do them. That makes sense. And uh, even though I can't even, I can't process, I can't express those emotions directly. It's hard for me mm-hmm. to be able to verbally express those kind of emotions you just described. I definitely feel like I think that way just by looking at myself in the past, like a book. If you scroll, you know, if you flip the pages a couple of chapters back, I look at my life decisions and a lot of them are like that. I, th- I thought about it at the time as a good choice. Maybe it wasn't a good choice, but mm-hmm. at the time I thought that's the best choice for my future. Even though, it, you know, sometimes it isn't, which kind of sucks. Your next thing, lightening things up at least, is extroverted sensing. This is actually really good for you, but it could possibly be bad. It's my superpower. Uh, not, not necessarily <laughs> your superpower. Well, it could be. Um, so your third function, uh, it's called your child function. It's what you want, where your wants are. And so extroverted sensing, it means that you really want to give people a good experience. Not only that, but you always want to be present in, in the moment. You want to take, like as soon as you walk into a room, five senses are going haywire you're thinking about what you see what you smell what you hear everything is about the here now experience and so you always want to be taking these things in your uh it's why 
you're really good at sports is because you're so present and in the moment. You're going down the basketball court and you know what's going on right now. Hmm. And so you always want to be taking in those experiences. You always want to be sensing. Extroverted sensing is also about shared experiences, which is where you get your uh, want to give people a good experience as well. I do enjoy that. I enjoy giving people good experiences. I enjoy being able to analyze things. What sucks, though, is I have a horrible memory. Mm-hmm. So, And we talked about that on the last episode. Yes, and we will get to it in this uh, oh, sick. going down. Then I'll just let you continue. Okay. Your fourth function is your inferior function, which it's exactly how it sounds. It's are you calling me stupid? That function inside of you, you is inferior. Are you calling me dumb? I am. So, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> your inferior function, where your worries lie, is introverted feeling, which is probably one of the worst ones. I mean, they're all they're all bad, no matter what. But uh, introverted feeling, it really sucks because that is where you can become extremely guilty. And the reason why is because you worry about your own emotions you worry about being a bad person. And so this is the main thing that you worry about. Meaning that when it goes to the other side and you feel like a good person, that is where the most happiness comes as well. Your inferior function, your fourth function, while it may be where all your worries lie, it's also how you become the most happiness, happiest. And so... Happiness, happiness, happiest. <laughs> All the same thing. Yeah, I, I trip over my words because I'm not good at being present and in the moment. Oh, God. And so it, while you do worry about being a bad person, when you do feel like you are a good person, then that's where the most amount of happiness is. <sighs> Which is kind of sad in a way. I get the most happiness from feeling like a bad person. You get, you get the most happiness from being a good person because you almost always feel like a bad person. Right. Yeah. But I can't feel like a good person unless I feel like a bad person for a time. Well, most people actually don't even think about it. But I do, don't I? Yeah, you think about it all the time. So it's it's kind of contradicting in a way to think about always being happy like oh it's easy for him because he's always happy but to be always happy you have to realize you have to start at a place of sadness right because if you if you're always happy you have to start somewhere that's always sad because then you can gain happiness you can't go you can't go from happy to happy Mm -hmm. at least i can't in the way you describe it kind of solidifies my idea of my personality is i have to start from a place of sadness which is really easy to get to, to be able to ascend to somewhere that's happy, which is easy when you start from somewhere that's sad. Yeah. So it kind of sucks, but I wouldn't change who I am. What sucks about um, our our whole and everybody's personalities is that your first and third function are optimistic functions. And then all your eight main functions are pessimistic 
And functions are like... I, I mean, all your all, all your six other ones. Oh, six. You, you eight have, total. Yeah, you have eight total in your in your stack in the order that it goes. So I, I picture it like you're building a video game character. Yeah, sort of. You have two... You know, if, you, if you're building a video game character, you have two fit functions that make them a good... Make you feel good or a good person. That are optimistic. Which is like just happiness i guess in a broad scale i mean it's not happiness it's looking at the world in a positive way okay and then the other six are just looking at the world in existential dread or sadness basically in a negative way great so and there's so, there's no point to keep going is what you're saying now <laughs> we're we're going on to the four most pessimistic functions okay uh, because they are going to be inside of your unconscious, and all Americans are more unconscious focused than subconscious, meaning that we're more responsibility focused rather than happiness focused. Yeah, is that why America is like really low on like the happiness scale? Yep. Hmm. Great. It's just you know what. If there's one thing you can take away from this podcast is there's no happiness in the world. There's, None. It's it's built into your fucking mind. You can't be happy. Your fifth function is your nemesis function. Nemesis? Yeah, it's literally your nemesis. My villain. Uh, which is my hero function, uh, introverted thinking. So the nemesis kind of sucks because... <laughs> It's both what you don't know and also what you worry about. So you worry about being stupid and being wrong as well as you can't really use introverted thinking all that much. I get that a lot. And for so myself, I call myself stupid a lot. <laughs> for me, <laughs> my extra uh my nemesis is your hero function what you're good at uh, extroverted thinking meaning that i don't know what other people are thinking and i also worry about what other people are thinking why why are we built like this let's get let's get deep let's get really deep why are humans built like this no other animal on this planet has these kind of complex range of emotions why are we like this why we didn't ask for this. We we weren't given this. This just happened. It's it's a gift, I guess, in a way, but it's also a curse. Like there's smart animals out there, and there's smart dogs, but the dogs don't have personalities, or at least not as complex personalities as humans. Do dogs have personalities? You know what? I don't even fucking know. Do dogs have personalities? You can actually see in pets the same exact archetypes. The same thing. Yes. So any animal with that just any could you make the argument that any living thing anything with sentient life and has the same or maybe a little bit lower mental capacity than we do has these same functions? They do have the same functions, yes. But it depends on how much their brain can actually handle. So for example, my cats, my cats <laughs> you type your cats you, i did really yes that's fucking insane captain is the same as your personality. no oh god what was that what the mic kind of just went out there no way yeah the cat and is the same as me yes the cat is the same as you and 
you can actually see it in their personality type. And, but there are some things to it. So they really only have like two or three of the cognitive functions and then like everything else they don't have. So my cat has extroverted thinking. I have trained him to like do certain things and he's very systematic about those things and he always looks for the most effective way to get pets and it's really annoying because (laughs) I'll be like asleep and I'll have my door open and then he'll come in and then like claw at my eyeballs because he knows that's what wakes me up and if I'm awake then I'll pet him so he knows that that's the most effective way to get pets and therefore he will do it so if if we go less on the intelligence scale, right? Mm-hmm. There's less personalities, not personalities, but like less, uh, what did you call them? Cognitive functions. There's less cognitive functions. Are there possibly cognitive functions that we don't know about yet because we're too stupid? Yes. Whoa. So there, there are things that, you know, we're still learning about the human mind even today. Right. So maybe there are even things that simple animals have that we don't have and maybe there are things that we have that we just don't even know about yet that's crazy so so when you know the false myth that like humans are only using like two percent of your brain oh yeah that's yeah yeah that's so so (laughs) but do you think that there's only so many personalities that we've discovered so far or like cognitive functions do you think there's sides to this that we don't even know about yet i do yeah i think there's there's definitely things that we don't know about and things that we should dwell into more do you want to continue with your whole thing no you can you can keep going you can keep going so your critic function your sixth function is extroverted intuition and that's really fun because it probably it it probably ends up in why you feel so bad honestly because you're critical about other people's intentions you're also critical about what they want uh you're also critical about their futures so you basically what you could do what you might do is interject your opinions into their life even if they don't care yeah i'll still do it Mm -hmm. that kind of sucks and because like they'll tell you oh i think i want to get this and then you're like no that's stupid why would you why would you want that why would you do that yeah (laughs) well and so then true uh you tell them that and then they're like oh my god why would you say that and then it you literally get into an argument about it and then you walk away from that argument thinking oh i'm a bad person i shouldn't have said that probably not yeah and so because you have an extroverted critical function you're very critical about other people and what what they want. I wish I didn't care about other people, but I do mm-hmm. very much so. I wish I could see a world where, like, the homeless man on the street doesn't look 
down upon me for not giving him money. But even though the homeless man doesn't care because it's like the hundredth person who's walked by him and not given him money, my own brain is giving me more grief than the homeless man. Yeah. It's a, it's a curse. And because your critic function is extroverted, that means mine is introverted. So mine is introverted intuition, meaning I'm critical about my own intentions. I'm critical about my own future, uh, and I'm critical about what I want. So I don't really get things for myself that often. I don't really um, buy things off of Amazon or anything like that because I'm just so critical about what I want. I literally don't want anything. You're so critical on yourself that you don't want to get anything? Yeah. Like, my mom will ask me, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm just like, I don't know. I never know what I want for my birthday. Because you think every one of your ideas is stupid? Pretty much, yeah. Just like, why would I get that? Why would I get that? I, I'm fine with having the same things that I've always had. Unless you can 100% see a scenario where it benefits you. Yeah. Unless I need it. I never really want <laughs> You'd be anything. the type of guy to be like, your mom would be like, what do you want for your birthday? And you'd be like, toothpaste. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. out of toothpaste. Like, uh, for for example, um, before I got my, my phone that I have now, I had a Samsung S9. And I was outside and I slipped on ice, cracked my phone, and it had this huge, like, line of dead pixels in the in the middle of it for a, like just the longest time i think i had that phone for like half a year after that like i could barely even see on it i i there were parts of the keyboard where i would always have to guess because it would just be black right there until one day i'm about to go to work my friend is going to pick me up for uh, to go to work with him and my phone, the screen, will not turn on. <laughs> it, li- I, it literally took until your phone wouldn't work anymore for you to get a new phone? Yes. That sucks. Because I never wanted a new phone. I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm fine with this. That would drive me insane. Yeah. You're, um, because you always know what you want. You always... Think about, in every interaction, you go, is this what I want? You're very keen on what you want. And that would drive you insane, but it's very hard for me to pick what I want. Huh. So you looked at, like, so maybe you thought about getting a new phone, right? But you looked at all the features of, like, the newest phone, and you're like, why do I need that? Yeah, pretty much. And um, so, on to the next function. Uh, these the last four or five through eight of your cognitive function stack they're all bad well actually actually four through eight are all bad we talked about that yeah (laughs) so that's fun um your next is the trickster function your seventh function this is what you completely do not know at all (laughs) yours is introverted sensing meaning that you have a horrible memory. Um, Introverted sensing is all about the past. It's also about what you experience. 
Um, so you can, it's kind of weird. You, you know everything that's going on around you, but you don't always know what's going on internally. Uh, how can I even describe that in simple terms? So I don't, I think to myself, I don't know. You Can you try and describe it? Because I'm at a loss of words. It's, let's say you're going down the basketball court, right? <laughs> again, basketball. Uh, again, basketball. So you always know what's going on around you. You always, you can process what's going on with the environment, but not always do you stop and think to yourself like what you're experiencing like how am i having fun right now yeah if you if you're having fun or or even what you're thinking or feeling like your internal experiences until after till much later yeah and just kind of in the moment go 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 yeah and then you'll decide how you feel after exactly Weird. That's so weird. And also, you basically don't know anything about the past. Like, you always just forget stuff. And the way that that works is, like, kind of thinking of our minds as factories importing and exporting, right? Okay. And so, your mind is basically, like, import, export, import, export, import, export. Like, you don't really keep anything. It's like you there are these things coming in. Your brain processes those things. It makes a product with that factory, and then it exports it immediately. To make room for the new inventory? Exactly. So you can take things in extremely fast, but everything after that is gone. You can, In the terms of computers, you can think of this in this way. You have a lot of RAM, but no storage. I like that. For me, it's the opposite. I got a lot of storage. I don't have a lot of RAM. I think we can prove this. Ask me some simple questions. Um, Ask me, like, just the simplest of questions. Like, what's the date today? Okay, what's the date? I don't know. Okay. Um, I really don't. I'm being 100% truthful when I say... I could, I knew, I know the new, I know Thanksgiving is coming up, so it's. What what, what day of the week is Thanksgiving on? Isn't it? I don't know. It is always, always on, on a, a Thursday. Tuesday. Oh, Thursday, that's right. <laughs> um, I guess it is. Yeah, and so you just can't really remember those things you got anything else um what is good about your dog red he's he's uh yeah he's a dog i he's he just kind of sits there i don't know (laughs) maybe that was a bad example okay um why do you hate school because I guess it's good to educate yourself, but the way that it's structured sucks. Okay. So what I wanted to at least 
prove with that kind of conversation was that it's easier for you to both initiate and answer questions. For me, I have to think on it and I also have to think on what I am going to say when I answer things. It's very hard for me to initiate as well. Mm. Because I have a lot of storage. I know what's going on inside of my brain. But your import and export times are just extremely low, slow. Yeah. So it's like import, export. <laughs> you were so sad when you said export. <laughs> I wish I could keep things. Yeah. The memories it, that I will forget over time. Fun memories. And it doesn't pick it. You don't pick and choose with my brain what you get to keep. It so, sucks. It's just like the random stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't tell you what we learned on uh, in a physics class last um, Thursday. I can tell you that um, he was wearing a giraffe tie. <laughs> He's wearing a tie with little giraffes on him, and it's oh, it's. I'm gonna get emotional for a second. It sucks. I talked about this last personalities episode. It sucks in the fact that I have a girlfriend of two and a half years now, and I can't remember all the stuff we've done together mm-hmm. she'll be like remember that time we did this and i i don't <laughs> you remember this photo no i don't know where we were in that photo mm-hmm. I, I wish i did i truly do i want to look back on those memories or like memories with my grandparents that are mostly gone i can't tell you yeah what they even look like it's hard yeah i have to really think about it but I sure the years will go by. I'm not even a quarter of the way through my life. I'm sure once I hit a quarter of the way through my life, it'll be gone. Yeah, it like all those gone. memories. Were... Yeah. Yeah. Like going over to my grandma's house. I remember her cat. Oh, now that you mentioned it, I remember playing uh plastic I don't know, plastic uh uh fighters uh what do they call little army figures plastic little army figures oh, yeah on our dining room table mm-hmm. that's it mm. my mom would be like oh this this was your favorite dish that i i'm making your favorite dish when you went over to your grandma's house and ate it all the time and i don't remember eating this ever hmm. tastes good <laughs> yeah but um i don't remember it it sucks it really does i wish i did and you make up for that actually with your extroverted sensing. So because you want to always have these experiences outside of you instead of inwards, you're really good at writing things. You're really good at like getting out your pen and paper and just jotting things down. You're really good at note taking. Even if you don't necessarily always like it, you're really good at it. And you're also good with photography if you really wanted to be. Photography? Yeah, photography. I have a hidden skill? You do. Why is that? How does because, that correlate? Because I'm also really good at painting, drawing hmm. most of the time. That's associated with extroverted sensing. And the reason why is because you're able to take what you see, jot it down. Take what you hear, jot it down. And you're also able to, I mean, extroverted sensing, it's about the physical environment. So you're able to write things down because it's physical, right? Like I, I actually have a very hard time writing. 
because, like, I'm a slow rider. I don't have a lot of RAM. And I have a lot of RAM. I like that. You're a computer. We're all computers. Exactly. And so the last function, one of my favorite functions, the demon function. How you respond to when you're either mad or depressed. (laughs) Yours is extroverted feeling. We talked about this before, but it means that whenever you get mad, you go after other people's feelings and you go after their insecurities. I tear them apart. You make the you you actively go out of your way to make them feel awful. I hate that. It makes me sound so bad. For me, but I'm so good at it. <laughs> you are. You are. You're amazing at it. And so for me, my demon function, we have the same ones except introverted, extroverted, versus visa. So mine is introverted feeling, meaning that you know, a normal person they'll get mad, but they won't get furious. I will like I will go from being no emotion to if you make me angry, I will be absolutely furious. Can you control those emotions at that time? No. Because so, I mean is that does that a lot of time result to fisticuffs? It has a few times. Um but because your demon function is the gateway into your super ego, it means that I don't think how I normally think when I'm inside of my ego. So instead, I'm primarily an introverted thinker, right? And so when I get mad, there is no more thinking. None. (laughs) It's just primal urges. It's just feeling, only feeling. And the same for you. You normally think all the time. But when you get angry then you feel. Is it easier for me to get angry for than for you to get angry? No, it's it's the It's the same. I mean, it it depends on what, how what the scenario is to get yeah, us mad. What the scenario is, okay. yeah. Because you're more likely to get angry at yourself, I'm more likely to get angry at other people. Hmm. Um and so uh f- the feeling functions it also goes to how much you talk as well normally and so because my demon function is introverted feeling it means that i normally hold things in i don't really want to talk about those things i whenever i get angry then i'm just like furious and i may let it out but i won't tell you that i'm like physically angry for you you are very vocal, very like you pissed me off and I will let you know about it. You know, <laughs> like it's it's very obvious when you get angry. It can be obvious when I get angry, too. I'll just hold it in. But unless we directly ask you, you won't say anything. Yeah. But I will let everyone in the room know that I am furious at that moment. You will, in fact, initiate it and go out of your way to let people know. Good. They should know. <laughs> and like you'll. Like, if I were to walk up to you and you were mad, not at me or anything, but, like, at something else, you will tell me immediately, like, hey, this thing pissed me off. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I feel like that ties back to efficiency in a way. You know, why beat around a horse? Mm-hmm. I will directly tell you that made me mad. Why do you do that? It makes me so mad when you do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> you know? And uh, extroverted feelers, uh, I would love to be an extroverted feeler. Like, it would be so good. Cool. I mean, it's my fourth function. Um, So whenever I'm inside of my subconscious, I talk a lot. But, uh, for instance, your mother, she's an ENFJ. Her main function is extroverted feeling. You call my mom a MILF? What? <laughs> but, but it means that she's able to just talk and talk and talk and talk and not even get annoyed whenever other people talk to her, just able to talk forever. Forever. Infinitely. Infinitely. That's true. I have to tell her when to stop. And so people who have extroverted feeling as their their kind of main function they're seen as the very charismatic people so i just love how in such a short amount of time this is gonna be a shorter episode but um in a short amount of time with personalities we've managed to dive deeper we've dived deeper into uh, america with personalities Mm -hmm. uh american politics with personalities and then eventually we took a person like me and you and we broke them down into these layers which we kind of semi talked about in the last episode Mm -hmm. now we really just broke it down in a way for people to understand how complex human nature is and i love that about this podcast and if you like that about this podcast i feel like you should give it a follow we post information like this daily um not daily oh my god we post it weekly every sunday if you enjoyed it please follow us uh, we'll post episodes like this where it's very serious other days it'll be very uh joking and i feel like occasionally we are very funny people to listen to if you like that if you enjoy that please hit that follow button but uh in terms of this episode i feel like we've done enough for personalities we might be able to i mean personalities is just infinite talking points variety so yes. we might be able to get a third episode and fourth episode out of this so for now though we are going to leave it off at this this has been what has it been eddie i, I want you to say the line <laughs> this has been writing the narrative with jacob and eddie see you later goodbye <laughs>